I'm Sebastian Mackay and right now you're listening to the brand new track from Man Dancing called Koffer here on the More Than Punk podcast. This week I am talking with Man Dancing's guitarist Ben Petty about finding their identity, their brand new album The Good Sweat which is coming out mid-November and how they're going to capitalize on this ever-changing world to reach more people and get more involved. This is my conversation with Ben Petty here on the More Than Punk podcast. So Ben, I mean, thank you for coming on, on my podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time and congratulations on the new track. I know you've got the album coming out, but the new track is, is pretty dope. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, it was a long time in the making. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we probably, we demoed that song out like over a year ago. We probably started writing it a year before that. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. Been a, long, a long time in the oven, right? yeah yeah totally the, is whole, it weird? the whole project sorry yeah. go on no no you you continue oh well i was just i was just gonna uh i was just gonna say that you know the whole the whole project really took us uh, it took us a while to like sort of find find our rhythm um like essentially learning to write together as a band as opposed to simply playing the songs that um our singer steve had you know previously written mm-hmm. uh, there was a little bit of a learning curve for that for sure. Is it, is it strange when you write a song? I mean, I guess it's almost been two years, right? And then it takes sort of two years to get released. And then eventually you start playing it for people. And by the time everyone's sort of starting to get to know it, it might be two and a half years old for you. And you, you sort of maybe have mentally moved on to the next thing. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there, that always, um, there, there's always the potential for that to happen, but now more so than ever, you know, when, you know, the, the song will come out and maybe we won't even be able to get to play it for an audience for a year, you know, who knows, maybe a year after it comes out. I don't know. Uh, and by that time, yeah, we might just have moved on to something completely new. And I think a lot, a lot of times like songs evolve, um, you know, it's like yeah. you, can, you can spend all the time in the world. Uh, are, are we, is this like being broadcast live right now or something? No, no, I this is a, a, a pre recorded. Oh, no, no, okay. it's, right, cool. it's just an audio okay. podcast. So you're safe. Okay, great, great. And I wasn't sure if there was like video too, because I know I'm just like holding the phone in a weird way right now. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, under normal circumstances, it's like you, you demo something out, you record it, you know, you get it to the point that you're happy with. And then when you start playing it live, it like even evolves and changes further. And then you're like, ah, I wish we'd recorded it that way, you know, to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, but uh you know, and 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 uh, and now now more so than ever, I think we're going to be faced with uh, with those types of things. I feel like Silverstein are tackling that problem at the moment. I don't know if you've heard they've got a new a new version of like their redos songs coming out. Um, Who does? So Silverstein does. So they've taken oh, okay. like a whole like twelve songs from a decade plus long career and gone. You know what? These are a bit stale. Like we've got nothing else to do. Refresh them and put them out. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
the only other band that I can think of that I know that's done something like that, and actually these are, actually no, I can think of two bands, and this is also in the metal world, so I don't know, maybe maybe there'll be some some familiarity there, but um, I think Sonata Arctica, do you know Sonata Arctica, the power metal band from Finland? Yeah, I think they, they re-recorded um, their album, Ecliptica, uh, what is it, Ecliptica? Um, I think in like 2015 or 2016, the album originally came out in like 2002 or something. I'm probably getting all these years wrong, but they re-recorded the entire album a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, also I think In Flames just put out a- Oh, uh, Clayman. Play- yeah, yeah, they put out the Clayman 20th, uh, 20th anniversary um, with some re-recordings of like a couple tunes, I think the title track and a couple other ones. And I don't know, did you listen to that at all? Yeah, um, it's a banger. Yeah. It's such a good yeah. album. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, the re-recording I thought were interesting. They were like almost a little bit more, like more lo-fi than mm. the original, which I mean was interesting, um, but cool nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, they're such a great band. Um, one yeah. of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today is that sort of sense of like identity as a band. Cause you guys have been told that you're like good for fans of Man- Manchester orchestra. And like <laughs> the press release says something about um, your death, death cab for cutie if they had a breakdown. And yeah. Yeah. Like, is it weird for you guys? Cause you're obviously a thing in it yourself. Right. So what's it like trying to find your own identity amongst all of these sort of constant comparisons and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just that's the plight of being a band because, you know, every every band um, that I've ever been in, you know, when you're when you're in the in the writing room, you know, you're like you're like looking around, you're like, has anyone like what does this even sound like? Has anybody ever like has anybody ever made music like this before? And it's like, well, yeah, of course, you know, of course, you know, (laughs) but it's just it's always so hard to uh, to pin it down when you're like, you know, when you're looking at it from when you're looking at it from the inside out. Mm. Um, uh, so, you know, in terms of like finding our identity, um, it's definitely, it's, it's like a struggle unto itself, but, um, you know, I think having people like the, the, uh, death cab for cutie, having a nervous breakdown or whatever, that was something that some, uh, <clears throat> that some blogger had, had come up with or something. I, I wish that. I, I could remember exactly who said that because it was just like, oh, okay, like someone, someone kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, let's let's take that and run and run with that. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and another thing too is like I don't really come from like the emo world at all. <laughs> so a lot of times, like bands that we get lumped in with and compared to, it's just like I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, like sure, if you say so, sure. You know, but the one that does, the one that always does make sense to me and probably now with the new record more so than ever is the Manchester Orchestra Orchestra comparison. I I, I definitely see that. Um, I don't know. I hope that answers your question. I guess I kind of started rambling a little bit. No, no, you're all good. It's a really interesting thing. I used to work for a um, metal publication in Australia a few years back. And one of the things we would do when we wrote reviews was, was always sort of sit there and go for fans of and trying to think of like a similar band. And sometimes it was easier than others, right? But I guess the point of this is that it does make it a bit easier for people to find their way in. Maybe like, right. cause I, you know, I get the press release and it's like, oh yeah, fans of Death Cab. And I'm like, cool, I like Death Cab. So it's, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Um, yeah, I mean, some, some people don't, you know, don't like to be labeled that way or have comparisons drawn in that way. But it's, like you said, it's like, I think it's just like, it's just a tool to get people sort of like, you know, like they, to get acclimated to what they're getting themselves into, you know? It's just like, if someone says that we're for fans of, of those bands, it's like, I don't think that they're saying that, like, we're ripping them off in any way. It's just like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, if you like those bands, you, you might like us. It totally makes sense. Which is a good thing, right? I mean, if you're a band and you can tap into, like, Death Cab's fan base, then all of a sudden you're on tour with Death Cab and, and everything is coming up, coming up um, man dancing, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Everything's coming up, um, coming up Millhouse yeah um, <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i mean you know and that was that was sort of the hope with this record that was that was really like our next uh our next big goal is like all right like well you know put this record out and like get on bigger and better tours like that was the main goal so like now you know we're sort of uh we're we're, we're faced with um sort of having to uh reconfigure that strategy a little bit yeah, so let's talk about that a bit because, and I know everyone gets COVID fatigue and everyone's fucking sick of hearing about it, but yeah. unfortunately we just always fall into it in some way. Um, yeah. A lot of bands are doing, yeah, exactly, right? A lot of bands are doing live streams. Um, some of them are, you know, doing gaming on Twitch, that kind of thing. Like for you guys doing an album cycle at the moment, are you looking at live streams? Are you looking at, you know, how are you looking at like interacting with people and sort of breaking through? Uh, yeah, we, um, are not like, and just per, like personally, like we're not like e super eager to jump into the live stream thing. Um, it just, you know, when I, when, most of the live streams that I've tuned into for other bands, it's just like, yeah, it's nice, but it's like, it is not even close to the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't get any degree of satisfaction that's even close to the degree of satisfaction I would get from seeing a performance from it. It's almost like, I feel like when I'm watching a live stream of a band, I'm like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm here just showing my support, you know, rather than it's not like a, a give and take or like an exchange the way it would normally be. It's kind of just like, yeah, we're all acknowledging that this is the best we can do right now. Sort mm -hmm. of, it's just like that kind of like, sort of like we're locked into some kind of an agreement like that, which is, which is cool, you know? Um, but just, yeah, as a band, we kind of haven't been like all about diving into the, to the live stream thing. Um, we're looking into other avenues that we can still, uh, you know, quote unquote, create content and, uh, and reach fans um, in, in different ways. Like we, we like to um, make videos Mm -hmm. um like just more like um you know like basically like co essentially like comedy style videos i think you you'll probably start to see a little bit more stuff like that from us um like that type of content as opposed to live stream concerts at least for now and also um maybe the occasional like sort of uh acoustic session type video mm -hmm. like pre-recorded pre you know mixed that kind of thing because does it change the way you think about being in a band all of a sudden you go from sort of being and i always joke about this but being like part-time t-shirt salesman playing shows um mm. and then <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, we have to be like a, basically a media production house to make sure that people know that we exist amongst everything else. Yeah. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Where, what was the question? Does it just change how you think about being in a band and, and how oh. you approach those things? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think us and many others are sort of just not scrambling, but you know, we're, we're just, we're trying to figure out how to, how to, um, reconstruct the business model a little bit to fit this, uh, the new reality that at least we're living in for the time being. Um, so yeah, definitely, it definitely does change things for sure. Um, when we're still, you know, it's a work in, it's always a work in progress. Um, maybe now more so than ever. Mm. I think it's a cool thing that I think everyone sort of feels like they accept that it's a work in progress, right? Like everyone's kind of just coming along for the ride. And I feel like, especially in sort of our scene and community, everyone knows everyone else is just kind of doing the best that they can with what they've got. Right. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. And uh, yeah, that's why I think it's, you know, it's good for us to support each other more, more so than ever. Um, You know, now, now more so than ever. So I think it's important to support each other. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how we come out of this. Um, but the land, the land, the ever changing landscape, um, you know, has just changed, has changed again is really, is really all it is. Yeah. I mean, the industry is kind of used to it, right? Um, right. At, the, at the start of the conversation, you, you mentioned that you guys are were sort of learning how to write as a band instead of just playing songs that Steve, Steve had written. What, yeah. like, what was that like? Because I know that every band has different dynamics, right? Some of them are happy just doing that. Others, everyone pitches in on a song. How did, how did you guys sort of figure that out? Um, well... Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Uh, how did we figure it out? Uh, I mean, you know, it was a, it was a lot of it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of a lot of frustration. Um, we also we don't we only get together as a band once a week, so it was sort of like there was a lot of pressure to like figure things out in that like three hours a week mm-hmm. that we have allotted as band time, uh, which I think maybe like you know, it worked in our favor in certain ways and worked against us in other ways. Um, you know, sometimes having deadlines and pressure is helpful and, and, and other times it's not. Um, but pretty much it was because uh, Steve, when we first started the band, Steve had like a little bit of like a back catalog of stuff that he'd written. Um, and actually funny enough, I didn't, I, I didn't realize when me and him linked up in 2015 and started recording our first record, um, that we were in, essentially recording almost every song he's ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we were writing our, the follow-up EP, the hands on three EP that came out two years ago, that was pretty much like, like those all the leftovers. Um, I think the one new song that was written like in that time was Joe, which I, I think is my personal favorite song on the EP. Um, but after that, I think that was it. That was it for the back catalog. Um, so, you know, Steve had to sort of, you know, get his, uh, get, find his footing again. And then, you know, collectively we had to find our footing as well, um, in the band room. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I, I know that, you know, it's, uh, I hate just to, you know, use too many cliches, but tr- trial and error really. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. One of the things that I'm interested in too is like 
when you go from working through that sort of back catalog to writing stuff as a, I was going to say team, you can tell that I've been wearing my corporate hat for way too fucking long. Um, <laughs> writing things as a band, obviously band sounds evolve, right? So for you guys, was it like, okay, this is the sound we've established through LP one and, and the EPs like we're going to stick as close to this as we can, but take a few natural steps forward. Or was there a bit of sort of push and pull around what you wanted the new stuff to sound like? That we, for better or worse, never had any conversations like that. Um, I think, you know, we all collectively understood that there was, there was a man dancing sound and we weren't trying to stray too far one way or another from that, at least not yet. Um, and I think that just it's in, in that it was going to be so much more collaborative this time, it was, it was bound to evolve. You know, like, so whether or not we were like going for something, it's like, okay, we're approaching this in a new way. So it's going to be different, but we also know, you know, how, how, uh, the bands, how, how the band sounds. And, you know, we weren't, we weren't trying to shake things up too much. Uh, you know, moving forward though, you might be seeing some radically different sounds from us potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, that's a sort of like natural thing, right? I mean, I guess the safe bet is you guys aren't going to become like a drum and bass band overnight. Not overnight, but like probably within the next two years. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the remix EP. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to have square pusher and the chemical brothers, um, probably just overhaul the whole thing. Yeah. That'll be sick. That tour is going to be like awesome. Yeah. 2040 baby. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Um, now one of the things i'd love to do is play this like the latest single from the band at the end of the podcast so people can really get a taste for it if they're new to the band so i was going to slap um coffer on and i wondered if i could totally put you on the spot and get you to sort of um tell me a bit about it hype it up a little bit yeah okay sure um <laughs> all right three two one hype go. here we go yeah um <laughs> I, I i think that the song has a quality that is sort of like i think it has a very modern quality to it i mean granted it's still guitar music which i know is not super trendy nowadays um but i think as far as guitar music goes and rock music goes i think it has there there's a very modern quality to the song which i think sets it apart um and uh there's there's like a certain level of and you know granted i'm looking at it from the inside out but i i, I think i have a, a superpower I think I have a superpower when I'm involved with the creative process of, of a song. I feel like I can like separate myself from it and like hear it as someone who was not involved with the creation of it. And I think that the song has like a very, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting sounding, you know, I feel excited when I hear it. And I, I, I think that other people might feel that way too. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Oh yeah, no, thank thank you for doing this. That was my conversation with Ben Petty, the guitarist for Man Dancing here on the More Than Punk podcast. Sorry about that audio, it's a little bit crackly from time to time. Ben was joining me from his home via Zoom on the old mobile phone, so it gets a little bit touchy. Coming up next, we've got the new song, Coffer, to play for you. Uh, but before we get into that, if you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, hit that follow button, every little bit helps. This is Man Dancing's new track from their upcoming album, The Good Sweat, and it's called Coffer. We'll be back next week.
Wait. 